Hello, and a warm welcome to my Asthma Spotlight podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Levy. I'm a family doctor with a special interest in asthma. My aim is to help people with asthma and also their caregivers to understand more about this disease and how to stay safe. I will share lots of information about asthma. However, I will not be able to answer any personal medical questions for which you should really consult your own doctor. The opinions I express in the Asthma Spotlight podcast are my own and they are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical, health or professional advice of any kind. Please do see the disclaimer details in the podcast description. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to this episode of my Asthma Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Levy, and the podcast is called the Asthma Spotlight Podcast. Now, there are some things that really concern me about asthma care in the UK particularly. Now, in this episode, I want to talk about remote asthma reviews or checkups, particularly telephone reviews. So what are these remote reviews? These are asthma reviews or checkups that are not done face-to-face. Usually, they are done by telephone, sometimes by video. And in the past, asthma reviews or checkups had been done usually by a nurse, sometimes a nurse with training in asthma care, sometimes by a doctor. And these were usually done face-to-face. -face. More recently, asthma reviews are done by others, some of whom are trained in some aspects of asthma care. And these include pharmacists, healthcare assistants or physician assistants, and of course nurses and sometimes doctors. Now some general practices in the UK are doing asthma reviews by text messaging, which um, I think is not very safe. So asthma is a chronic that is an ongoing disease that most people have all of their lives. And as a chronic disease, you need to have a checkup from time to time to make sure that yours is well controlled and to see if you're at risk of having an asthma attack. Now, these reviews are usually done at least once a year in the UK, mainly because general practitioners are paid to do one review a year. Now, in my view, a review should also be done after every asthma attack as well. And that's because an asthma attack means that something serious has gone wrong and it's essential to find out why that attack happened so that care can be optimized 
to deal with any modifiable factors. Of course, the review is also done to try and establish whether the attack is over or not, and if it's not, then additional treatment or perhaps readmission to hospital is required. Now, for a long time, busy general practitioners have been thinking about ways to do asthma reviews remotely, mainly by telephone. So what's the evidence for this kind of approach? Now, research has shown in the past that a telephone review done by a highly trained nurse, and that's important, a highly trained nurse, is an efficient way to do reviews. That is, it saves time and also enables some people to have more asthma consultations done than if they attended face-to-face. Now, there's some evidence that asthma reviews done as part of an integrated system can help to improve the person's quality of life. And these integrated systems include the use of combined video, education, a system to record symptoms and peak flow, 24-7 access to help by phone or website. Now, as far as I'm aware, there isn't any evidence to show that a telephone asthma review by somebody with or without asthma training helps to reduce asthma attacks in the future. And that's really the most important point of this whole talk, really, is that asthma reviews are intended to identify modifiable risk factors and so that the treatment can be optimised to prevent future asthma attacks and to help you control your asthma. So telephone reviews are certainly convenient for the general practice and does enable some people with asthma who can't find time to attend the doctor's rooms um, to talk to somebody about their asthma. Now it's also a way of increasing the chance of doing reviews in people who failed to attend previously. However, my worry is that unless these asthma reviews are done by well-trained individuals, and by well-trained I mean people who are really expert in asthma management, because to do a review remotely, you need to know a hell of a lot about the disease that you're trying to assess. So if the review is done by somebody without much knowledge of asthma, then risk factors may be missed and you may have an asthma attack. What's worrying me is that more recently, telephone reviews and even text message asthma reviews are becoming the usual way of doing asthma reviews by general practices in the UK. So why and how has this happened? Well, this is something that changed because of the COVID-19 pandemic, where face-to-face consultations stopped, except for emergencies. So during the pandemic, Asthma reviews were not done face-to-face. Have a listen to my interview with Gary MacDonald, and that was in episode 25 of the Asthma Spotlight podcast. In that interview, Gary, who is a specialist pharmacist, spoke about a really innovative way of checking inhaler technique by expert pharmacists during the pandemic. However, now following the pandemic, it seems that many general practices are delegating a large proportion of their asthma care to be done remotely, and often by people without sufficient asthma training. I really don't think this is in the best interests of people with asthma, and in particular, this is an example why many of us feel 
that asthma is just not taken seriously enough. It puts patients at risk if proper assessments are not done from time to time. Now the question is really, how good are these reviews? And are they helpful for people with asthma? The main value of an asthma review, whether it's done face-to-face or remotely, depends on the level of expertise of the person doing the review, as well as what is assessed and against what criteria or standards. So why am I concerned and why have I devoted one of my podcasts to this topic? If you've been following this asthma podcast, you will have heard me and my guests say that unfortunately asthma, particularly in the United Kingdom, is not taken seriously enough and that is by people with asthma as well as healthcare professionals. This is so surprising because the United Kingdom has unacceptably high numbers of people having asthma attacks, being admitted to hospital, and also dying from asthma compared with other high-income countries. Furthermore, in the United Kingdom, we have the lowest proportion of respiratory specialists in the top 29 OECD countries. Now, the fact that so many asthma reviews are being done remotely is another indication that this disease is not being taken seriously enough. So let me explain what an asthma review should include. It should include a number of things that are all essential. To start with, a key question in a review is whether you really have got asthma. If the diagnosis is not clear, do you need further investigations? Next, if you do have asthma, is it well controlled? Because if it's not well controlled, you're at risk of having an attack. What treatment have you been prescribed? And are you taking it? And most importantly, are you using your inhaler correctly? I mention the treatment because it's now accepted that most people with asthma should be prescribed an inhaled corticosteroid controller drug, either as needed or on a regular basis. So the other reason for doing the review is to find out whether you have any risk factors for future asthma attacks. Do you have any concerns about your asthma? And finally, the review should also include an agreed self-management plan for your asthma. And this would help you to recognize flare-ups, how to deal with these, and when to call for medical help. And I would really challenge somebody to be able to do this very efficiently over a telephone. My concern relates to three main things. Why is the review being done? Is the person doing the review adequately trained to do it? And what safeguarding measures are in place to make sure that appropriate action is taken by the person doing the review if any risk factors are identified during that asthma review. So first, let's start with why the review is being done. As I said earlier, reviews are done routinely and they're also done after asthma attacks. Now in this podcast, I'm focusing on the routine reviews. So it all comes down to the reason why your general practice is doing your asthma review at that time. If it's been done, so the practice can tick a box to say that an asthma review has been done to ensure payment for this work, 
then you may be asked two or three questions, and that would be the total content of the review. Whether these questions result in any action being taken will depend on the training and skill and expertise on the person doing the review. Clearly, if someone is trained in asthma care, they'd be able to use a telephone consultation to decide whether you need a face-to-face consultation or not. However, from my knowledge, many reviews are done by people who've not had sufficient training in asthma. Also, as far as I know, telephone reviews are not being used as a system for triage, or in other words, to decide if you need to have a face-to-face assessment by somebody with asthma expertise. In my opinion, a very good way to use telephone consultations would be to contact patients as soon as it's obvious that they're collecting too many reliever inhalers or too few um, preventer or controller inhalers, um, and the person issuing prescriptions would be able to do this, a call to the patient um, inviting them in for an asthma review would be a very good use of a telephone consultation in that sort of example. I do have an opinion about routine asthma reviews as well. And I think a routine review for asthma is not very valuable in many cases. And that's because asthma, by definition, is a disease that is present all the time, but only flares up from time to time. So you'd be well in between periods of asthma flare-ups. So in other words, if you've got asthma, your asthma may be well controlled at the time that you have your review. And the interviewer will be falsely reassured by the fact that your asthma is well controlled and then simply book you in for another review a year later. And this happens very often. This is the main reason why I think asthma reviews should be done soon after asthma attacks so that any problems identified can be dealt with there and then to prevent a future attack. Because after all, we need to remember that an asthma attack as well as being a signal that something serious has gone wrong, is also a risk factor for another asthma attack. So we come on to my second concern, and that is that many of these asthma telephone reviews are being done by people without adequate training in asthma. So why is this so important? You might say that anybody could do an asthma review if they've got a good template, a good set of questions that they can follow. However, the main reason why I'm concerned is that the risk, there is a risk that danger signs may not be recognized or the level of risk of these danger signs may not be recognized. So the questions might be asked and the answers might not be really um, recognized as risk factors. As a result, no action will be taken in time to avoid an attack. By way of an example from one of the people who we investigated in the United Kingdom National Review of Asthma Deaths, let me explain. This involved a young woman who had an asthma review done by a nurse. Now the nurse asked some questions about her asthma symptoms and those were required at that time for the general practice to be able to claim for payment for an asthma review. The patient reported that she'd been waking up at night that she'd had asthma symptoms during the days 
and that asthma was limiting her lifestyle. In addition, the nurse didn't notice from the prescribing record that this woman had collected 16 blue reliever inhalers and only one inhaled corticosteroid inhaler during the last year. Now, we've known for many years that 12 or more blue inhaler prescriptions in 12 months is a risk factor for asthma death. We also know that if you have symptoms of poor asthma control, that you are at risk of having an asthma attack, especially if you're not taking asthma controller medication. So in this woman's case, there were clear signs that she was at high risk of having an asthma attack. That is, she had current symptoms of poor control. She was over-dependent on her blue reliever inhaler, which she was using a lot of. And she was not taking her prescribed controller inhaler. She wasn't collecting it, so she couldn't have been taking it. So instead of knocking on the GP's door there and then while the woman was still there in the surgery and insisting that the woman was seen immediately, the nurse advised this woman to book an appointment with the doctor. Sadly, that woman died from asthma eight weeks later without seeing the doctor. Now my third concern follows on from the tragic death of the woman I've just described. As I said, many asthma reviews are being done by people without appropriate asthma training or clear instructions on which patients require urgent attention. And by urgent attention, I mean while they're in the surgery and not um, uh, to send them home to book another appointment. In the National Review of Asthma Deaths, most of the nurses providing asthma care for those who died had not been trained in asthma care. So it's understandable why that nurse who saw the woman I described had not realised that she needed urgent optimization of her asthma treatment and detailed education on the need to take regular preventive medication. So I'm worried that physicians' assistants, pharmacists and nurses without detailed asthma training or expertise are being delegated to do telephone asthma reviews by their employers. Asthma is a potentially dangerous disease and does need to be taken seriously. Now, while some parts of an asthma review can be done over the telephone, there are some that clearly cannot, and important signs may be missed. A face-to-face consultation will help to identify if you're having trouble breathing, which may not be obvious on the telephone. It's obvious that physical examination cannot be done by telephone. And a clinical consultation with a physical examination will help to identify signs of other diseases that could be confused with asthma and also that may be causing the breathing trouble that you have. And that clinical examination could also elicit clues that you have other conditions like allergies, that could aggravate your asthma. Now, this could all be included in a telephone consultation. I'm quite fully aware of that. But those questions would make the consultation very long. And unless they're asked by someone who's trained in asthma or allergy diseases, I think they will not be very fruitful. Furthermore, during a consultation, you can do lung function tests, 
Now, of course, you can do peak flow at home, and that can be reported over the telephone, but you can't do spirometry. Um, and spirometry is needed to determine whether there are other diseases which could be causing the person's breathing in addition to asthma or instead of asthma. For example, does an, asthma, uh, does an adult have both asthma and COPD? Or is there a different type of lung disease present, for example, a restrictive lung disease, um, a cancer, or a disease which you're not going to pick up in a telephone consultation if that person doesn't have symptoms at the time of the call. And most importantly, asthma is treated with inhalers, which many people cannot use correctly. And a face-to-face consultation is clearly the best way to establish that you're using your inhaler correctly. And this presumes, of course, that the person doing the review has been trained and has knowledge in how to assess inhaler technique. So it's essential that your ability to use your inhaler is checked face to face. This cannot be done over a telephone call. If you can't use your inhaler correctly, the drug's not going to get into your lungs, it's not going to help your asthma, and you're going to have attacks. The other thing that happens in a face-to-face consultation is that you have an opportunity to identify other risk factors. And again, an example of a patient that I saw in the past. I remember very clearly when a young woman who I'd seen in my office for a routine check of her asthma said something just as she was leaving. She had her hand on the door handle of the uh, exit to my office and she mentioned that her throat itched and she sometimes had trouble breathing when she ate peanuts. So she clearly needed urgent referral to an allergy clinic, which confirmed that she was allergic to peanuts, which placed her, together with her asthma, at serious risk of having a life-threatening asthma attack. And she needed a prescription for an adrenaline syringe. Now I'm sure many other doctors could share stories similar to this, where the need for additional investigations and treatment are identified. And this requires training and also alertness and also the opportunity that face-to-face consultations offer, um, which uh, telephone consultations do not. So in summary, you've probably gathered that I'm in favour of face-to-face consultations for asthma reviews. I don't think telephone calls are the safest way to perform asthma reviews. A telephone asthma review cannot replace the ability of a face-to-face consultation to identify physical features of respiratory or other diseases, nor can it effectively be used to accurately test inhaler technique. Now, I'm not aware of any evidence from research that telephone asthma reviews can help prevent future attacks. In particular, Telephone asthma reviews done by persons who are not trained or do not have expertise in asthma. In order for risks of poor outcome to be identified, the person doing the asthma review must be trained to understand the significance of any findings. And in particular, someone doing a telephone interview would need to have considerably more asthma knowledge and expertise to be able to do this safely. There should of course be a process in place for the person doing the review 
to arrange urgent assessment by a doctor or asthma specialist nurse for anyone with any risk factors that are identified during the review. This may be difficult if it's not done face to face. It would of course be difficult, if not impossible, to create and agree an asthma self-management plan over the telephone. Finally, I look forward to your feedback on my opinions on this matter and whether you think remote asthma reviews are the best way to address the poor asthma outcomes in the United Kingdom. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful, and I hope you did, please click the like and the follow buttons and share this podcast. Please do send me any feedback or questions to my email address, asthmaspotlight at gmail.com, and I'll do my best to answer these in future episodes.